the bigger thing was is just the possession before that he missed a like point blank layup I, but yeah. then again in the third quarter he was fantastic so that, like that all happened in the second quarter it was like he's old he's old wash king and then he's flying all over the court guarding the best center in the in the league um so it you know like that's the thing about lebron he's like he has to pick and choose his spots Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing just before midnight on Thursday night. The special edition of the Hoop Collective. We're going to be doing this with some new faces during the Western Conference Finals after every Western Conference Finals game for the rest of the series, as long as it goes, because I'm not sure how long it's going at this point. Um, but uh, I'm in New York City, and joining me from... Uh, up has to be from uptown because I'm way downtown is the uh, host of hoop streams during the um, Western conference finals and NBA finals. Uh, you and I did the uh, hoop stream show earlier tonight at our seaport studios here in New York. It's Cassidy Hubbard. Yeah, we did. Um, thanks for having me on your show after coming on our show. Yeah, absolutely. And joining us from DC special guest first time on the hoop collective. Uh, and the host every Tuesday and Thursday of the Dominique Foxworth show. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? <laughs> Happy to be here. So does this, does this mean I'm a part of the Hoop Collective now or am I just a guest? Like I don't, well, is there's, there a, there's... A application process? Yes, absolutely. You are okay. a provisional member. Okay, there is a, a voting process of a committee, uh, but don't worry, Bontemps and McMahon are not on it. So. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm also... I'm not above paying bribes, which is what the Wizards should have done to get uh, oh my, my man, gosh. Big Vic, into D.C. Yeah, you I know. Hurt. When we first got on before this, um, there was an incredible every every team. You can you can play the numerology game when it comes to the lottery. You can play it with uh, a lot of situations um, because, you know, you know, every team was two numbers off. You know, you can you can play with all kinds of numbers. But this is a crazy situation. After the three balls, were, there's 14 balls in the hopper. First three balls were drawn, okay? And that meant there were 11 balls left in the hopper. You think about this like poker. You know how in poker you have so many outs, you know, like you've got your mm -hmm. hand and you're like, okay, I, you know, I need, you know, there's, there's seven cards that can win me the hand or there's 20 cards that can win me this hand or there's one card, you know, it depends on. There were 11 balls left in the hopper, six of those balls had numbers that would have de delivered the number one pick, Victor Mbayama, to the Wizards. So, they, <laughs> so in that moment, they had a better than 50-50 shot, which I think they were the ninth. I think they were ninth. Yeah, they got eighth, I think. Okay, eighth. But yeah, yeah now it's fifty-four percent chance, and it's like I'm not a big Wizards fan, but just having the potential of the center of the NBA universe at some point being in DC, like it reminds me of when LeBron was moving the Sun every time he went to a new team, like that yeah. place became the center. Like we were so close here in DC of potentially having. Uh, uh, the potential of having the center of the NBA universe be here at some point, but now nah, we're just still going to keep on being the whiz. Well, Dom, Dom, the commanders have a new owner. That's like getting Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. You're just being mean now, Cassidy. You get you're a very nice person. You and Brian both are very kind, but late at night you're just <laughs> taking shots at me. Oh uh, well, the center of the basketball universe tonight was in Denver, and the Nuggets are now up 2-0. 
uh, I'm compelled to say that um, uh, teams that have gotten up 2-0 in the conference finals are 56 and six, I think. Let me verify that stat from ESPN Stats and Info. I think that's uh, what I saw. Um, for both East and West, it's 56 and six, not just the conference finals. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, uh, 56 and six is what you need to know. Anyway, high percentage chance um, teams that take a 2-0 series lead in best of seven series in NBA history, uh, 92%, uh, not specific to the uh, conference finals. It's uh, 56 and six in the conference finals and 92%, 312 and 27 overall. So um, not impossible, but it's tough. And, um, you know, I think this game, uh, guys, uh, in my viewpoint, um, absolutely the Lakers could have won this game about four or five different ways. And we'll talk about it. Um, I think if you are a Lakers fan, you are, you're not DOA, but you're really upset that you didn't get this one, one Lakers under the circumstances really needed to get this one, one uh, the way this game played out, but you cannot underestimate the Jamal Murray um, effect on this game. 23 points in the fourth quarter, um, this is the type of games he had during the, the Nuggets run in the bubble where he had several enormous fourth quarters. And to me, um, and I don't know how you felt about it, Cass, but I felt like even though the game very much seesawed down the stretch and the Lakers had several opportunities, and we'll talk about that, when Jokic went to the bench in the fourth quarter, and I know he yes. was only out for a couple of minutes, but Jokic goes to the bench I believe it's a one point game uh, at that point. They, they didn't keep him there long. He was out for about two minutes, but there was about five or six possessions. The Nuggets, I believe, went from down one to like up five or six in that stretch. And they did that because Jamal Murray made plays and then continued to make them. But when, when they were able to bring Jokic back with the lead, and then instantaneously when Jokic came back, they opened it up. I hit a couple of threes and basically held on, but cast that Jamal Murray, um, you know, Murray didn't even call it a flurry. It, it no, was just, it was minutes. whole yeah. fourth quarter. I mean, uh, Jeff mentioned on the broadcast, it was like reminiscent of, you know, Tatum and game six versus uh, the Sixers um, just because of how much he struggled. But just, I mean, it was pure, pure dominance uh, by Murray in that fourth quarter. Um, but to your point, Lakers fans should be upset just because the amount that the Lakers settled, like that whole fourth quarter. I mean, Denver made seven threes in that fourth quarter. The Lakers made eight threes all game. Um, yeah. And they were letting it fly. Bad decision-making by LeBron. I know a lot of people are probably going to tear LeBron apart for, for this game, but they wouldn't have been in that position that they were at the end of the game or in the lead during the game if it weren't for his defensive effort. Um, I don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis in terms of can't put two good games back-to-back. -back. Um, but back to your main point, Jamal Murray, um, you know, had all the confidence in the world in the fourth quarter after what was really a, a brutal start for him. Yeah, Dom, I think people will, a lot of people, I mean, right now trending, stop shooting threes is trending on Twitter because people were, <laughs> not, were going crazy about about LeBron taking those shots. I'm not surprised by that, but the tough thing about watching LeBron in this game is you can both think he just played incredibly well and also he's got to play better for them to win. 
So like when he settles and shoots, that's letting Denver off the hook. When he posts up or when he drives, you see the like fabric of the court just bend towards him and it just opens everything up for him. But it's hard to expect a guy on a bad foot who's 38 years old to be the centerpiece of the offense when AD can't be it. And also like we failed to mention that the big answer for Jokic in this game was LeBron guarding him. <laughs> so we're expecting right. LeBron to play to five against the best center in basketball. And then I mean, the fact that he's doing for, that 20 yeah. years in is ridiculous alone, but you should And be then criticizing him for shooting uh, like bailout threes on the other end. And, and it's hard because yeah. they're, they're just kind of outmatched because it does feel like, yeah, AD could have been more efficient on the offensive end, but it's not as if their role players aren't playing well. Like they're giving you more than you can expect from Rui Hachimura consistently. Obviously, I feel like Reeves, it, it feels unfair to consider him a role player now because how much they're relying on him and how much he comes through. But it doesn't, it, it just feels like the, they could have won this game, but Denver's just better, guys. And it, it sucks, but, the, but they are. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Yeah, the you know, AD goes 4 of 15. He, I don't, he didn't have to have a 30-point game <clears throat> to win this game, but I felt that, you know, LA built two double-digit leads. One was in the first half and one was in the, the third quarter. And um, in the first half, it was when Jokic went to the bench in the start of the second quarter, and they built the lead. And both times they went through scoring droughts, and both times I felt like if they had gotten one or two offensive plays from Anthony Davis, they could have sustained and, and kept the Nuggets from, from getting back in. And particularly even down the stretch, even after the Nuggets built the 10-point lead and then the Lakers tried to claw back, they really just needed one or two offensive plays from Anthony Davis. You know, um, the reason they're able to stay in the game when AD goes 4-15 is because Hachimura goes 8-10. of 10. So they ended up getting the production that they needed from the front court. The problem is, is that you just need star player uh, action there. And um, just, you know, they get up um, 10 in the third quarter and the, the nuggets hit back to back threes immediately cut it down. They, it was just begging for AD to get the ball inside and even just get to the foul line. Um, and so, you know, I, it, it'll be, I, I suspect, you know, the game just ended. We'll see what the discourse is tomorrow, Dom. I suspect the discourse will be to attack LeBron. Um, I felt that fatigue affected LeBron and AD in the fourth quarter. Um, I have been talking about fatigue since 
since the Sacramento series. Um, um, I'm sorry, since the uh, Warriors series. And I, I felt that it would affect LeBron and AD. I felt that part of the reason they were giving up those three pointers in the fourth quarter when Denver extended the leaves, because they were just sluggish on the closeouts. Um, and like JJ Redick has pretty, you know, has pretty much tried to slap that down. I know LeBron, you know, he doesn't really believe in fatigue, but I, I, I just believe fatigue played a role. Um, I, I don't see how it couldn't have. Um, but you know, that's, that's the thing when you're relying on that much, you're going to, when you're relying on those two guys that much, you, you're, you're going to have to pay that tax. Yeah. I think you're, you're right about the fatigue. And I think the evidence is LeBron shooting a lot of threes and missing a lot of threes. So like, I think that's what you do when you settle and when you're tired, you take those shots from deep um, AD, some more production production out of AD obviously would have been nice, but it hasn't been something like it's, it's almost a joke. Not almost. It is kind of a, a joke line now with AD having back-to-back great games. And it's, not as if it's a mental block because his effort was there on the defensive end, his rebounding. It seemed like all the things were there, just the shots weren't dropping. And that's a unfortunate thing, which again, that could be a product of fatigue. And as much as I hate that we swing on a, like a pendulum on each game, at some point this will all be over and we can look back at what all these teams have accomplished and like appreciate what the Lakers have done with a trade deadline trade but it does yeah. feel like they're just what they've accomplished with lebron at this age off a of foot injury and it feels like i'm reading their eulogy right now it may not be over but i feel like they needed to get a split uh to because i think denver's gonna win one of the games in la and at some point we're gonna look back on this and appreciate what the lakers were able to accomplish but right now it's been just impressive that they kept themselves in this game considering what they've come from and the the players that they're relying on. Cass LeBron had I- 10, 10 assists, four steals and two blocks in this game. He also missed two or three layups and blew a dunk. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that windmill, that windmill. <laughs> he was trying, he was trying to, did, did, did you feel that he was trying a, a, a some sort of artful dunk there? Cause it looked to yeah, me yeah, like, it, he it's was, like he was trying to do a windmill. Yeah, or something. Yeah, he was trying he, to swing his arms around. He was trying to do yeah. his LeBron. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, but like the bigger thing was is just the possession before that. He missed a like point blank layup. I, but yeah. then again, in the third quarter, he was fantastic. So that, like that all happened in the second quarter. It was like he's old, he's old, Wash King. And then he's flying all over the court, guarding the best center in the in the league. Um, so it, you know, like, that's the thing about LeBron. He's like, he has to pick and choose his spots. And then there are at least three times he's down on the ground, holding his ankle and whether, you know, I know that there is an ankle issue, but whether maybe he was trying to like milk some of that time on the ground too, (laughs) in order to like get some wind. Um, but I also, at the same time, I'm concerned of how much that's going to blow up, you know, overnight because I mean, he kept pulling on, he kept, he kept, uh, you know, tying his shoe, uh, <laughs> I know. wincing. So, I know. Like, that You're right. He, back. uh, at one point he turned his left ankle and he tightened his laces on his left shoe and then just for good measure, tightened his laces on his right shoe. Yeah. And I think you're probably right. I think he was just trying to get a breather. Um, the, you know, Dom, they may just not have enough. I mean, Jokic with his seventh triple double in the postseason, he kept his triple double average up, um, He's tied now for most triple doubles in postseason history with uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Whenever you get into a Wilt Chamberlain territory, you are doing yeah. something special. Um, and 
they did have a strategy on him tonight, which they 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 started Jared Vanderbilt. That was the starting lineup change. But they also, for stretches, as Cassidy mentioned, had LeBron guard Jokic, and then they would sort of bring Anthony Davis. They just sort of ignored Aaron Gordon and would bring Anthony Davis off as like secondary free safety. And it did slow Jokic down. They The Nuggets still were able to win the rebound battle, but, you know, you, Darvin Ham went to work. It just... Right. It just wasn't enough to 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 slow down this this monster that's been in this postseason. I think after the last, I'm sorry, go ahead, Cassie. I just want to make a quick point. We talked so much about Rui Hachimura on defense, but it was really like Rui Hachimura on on offense in this game <laughs> um, because you know he was the big lift in the first half. But what were you going to say, Dom? My bad. Oh yeah, you're good. I I think that the I forgot what I was going to say. Because it's late and we're all tired. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll make a completely different point about Michael Porter Jr. And like looking at the last series, one of the things that I appreciated about the Lakers was how just physically imposing they were, like big and athletic versus the Warriors. They're not that against the Nuggets. And we we see like what Michael Porter Jr., he's a perimeter player, but he's big as hell. And they find possessions where Austin Reeves is guarding him. He can just get a shot up over him. They're just advantages, it feels like, everywhere. Even against this really talented defense, it feels like there's always places to look. And it's not like the Lakers were bad. It seemed like at the end of these games, they're in – Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that that after last game, I think that on this podcast, you guys made the point that the Nuggets spacing was an issue. I still don't think they've solved that problem at the end of either of these games, but they're hitting big ass shots. And it's just something that you can't account for when you can go in the course of the entire game like Murray did and, and not play all that well. And then just hit contested three after contested three. There's nobody with the exception of Reeves hitting bank shots that the Lakers have that can just bail them out of uh, possessions in that way. The person that you the people that you'd be looking for to do that, they're two star players, just don't have the the physical strength left in their body to do that. And that's, they just feel outmatched. And I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like every conversation, every point I make ends up at this depressing moment where I'm like, damn, so close well, to the Lakers. At the end of the day, the, 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 the nuggets had the number one home record in the league. Uh, okay. I keep having to qualify that the, the, the Grizzlies passed in like the last day of the season, but the nuggets were basically the best home team in the league this right. year. And they were the best clutch team in the league. And when they were at home in the clutch, if you've listened to this podcast, I've been talking about it for months, they were devastating and they were again, devastating. This is what they do. And I will say um, it looks like Michael Malone, Michael Malone is um, really taking, I mean, Oh yeah. It's spicy to know Michael Malone again. And I, and I know Cassis involved you with the whole Mike Michael thing. When I met him, uh, 18 years ago, he went by Mike. Um, and he was a very, very fiery assistant. Um, and if you were around his teams, you knew of times, whether it was a, in the locker room situation, you know, instructing players or in pickup games with fellow assistant coaches that when Mike kind of lost, when Michael kind of lost his temper, like he could go, he could get a little emotional. That was what he was known for. And he has carried that over into kind of, even though I think he's a, um, he's a very intense guy uh, off the court. Like when they're struggling, like don't even try to get it, get, you know, 
he's a very intense guy, but he has taken a stance of like kind of being defiant and he is defiant. Um, uh, you know, he said before this game, he, uh, he, he was offended that people thought that the Lakers had, you know, quote unquote found something. He said it's the first time in his life he'd ever seen a series be considered over when the team was up one, nothing. And then just a few minutes ago, he said the national narrative after game one was that the Lakers were fine. No one talked about Nicola having a historic performance. The narrative wasn't about the nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nicola. And then later said, you put that in your pipe and smoke it. You go up to, uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> put that in your pipe. And smoke it is great. I mean, lucky the leprechaun goal. still has a pipe by the way, which is pretty funny to me. Maybe that's the pipe <laughs> he's talking about. Um, I, I, I find the coach's comments interesting because I think really experienced coaches and smart coaches recognize that when they are talking to the press, they aren't talking to the press. They're talking to somebody else and be it the opponent or the refs or their own team. And it seems clear to me that Michael Malone's disposition is about communicating something to his team and maintaining that level of focus, keeping them in the mental state that we are the underdog. No one respects us, even though I feel like there was plenty of talk about how historic Jokic was like lots of people were just being to introduce to how great Jokic was as a player. Lots of us on the East coast who haven't stayed up late to see Jokic like that wasn't a real thing. It feels like Mike Malone decided what he was going to say this morning. No matter how this game ends, we're going to make sure that that this team knows that they are the underdogs and no one respects them and we're not going to let up. Yeah, I think um, just in general, that's a play he's making about the Nuggets being an underdog. But this isn't really, you know, this is not, um, this is him sort of beating his chest up too low. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. there's a reason for them to feel good, but it's 2-0 you know as Kobe would say a job's not done um they did what they were supposed to do and yeah but and you know they were both close games so you could like this is how like in every playoff series um you know I I I covered obviously uh the the Sixers and and Celtics which you were there too I mean it like the Sixers had it won they had it won after game five so um, every, every series shifts, uh, after each game, every game has its own story. So, you know, it's a different, going to be a dip, different atmosphere for the nuggets to go into LA, um, first, uh, you know, Western conference finals home game in a very long time. Um, and on top of that, like to your point of how dominant the, um, nuggets have been, I don't, I don't think you can underestimate the altitude that that's a real thing. Um, and played a part in the fatigue for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I mean, the Nuggets on, players like, are fatigued too. The Nuggets players are fatigued. Yeah, they look tired. So you, no, no you know that the, you know, you know that the Lakers players are fatigued. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. 
Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Right. Um, so, I, you yeah. know, we'll see. They're, like, obviously the Lakers would have wanted to take this game, um, but, you know, the, the series is far from over because the if they can, can continue yeah. to get – if they can continue to get, like, contributions from – from Rui Hachimura and um, Austin Reeves, obviously, but like Schroeder they just and, can't yeah. have LeBron James and Anthony yeah. Davis. Well, you know, yeah, they they needed more offense tonight, and it uh, and it could have come from AD and LeBron, obviously, but D'Angelo Russell also is a guy who's vitally important for them. Yeah. Um, off, they need him. They need his scoring, especially on a night like tonight. They could, they just couldn't get it. Um, I will say this: I suspect. I don't know. I'm not in Denver right now. Maybe we'll be in Denver during the finals, but I suspect that there is some stuff being put in pipes and smoked in Denver right now. Um, <laughs> is uh, is is my guess. Um, I I know that this is going to happen. I I I'm on uh, get up and first take tomorrow, and I'm and I'm I haven't gotten the rundowns yet, but I'm sure when I do, there will be. Is this is this over? Is this serious? You know, is it over? Because that's what we do. Um, I do not think that this series is over. Um, I, I, I think the Lakers can look at the way these two games went and believe that they could have won both of them, should have won one, and not feel like they are cooked. Um, but if you've watched the Nuggets play these last two series, the concept of them losing four out of five is a hard sell to me right now. They are a spectacular team especially a spectacular team at home, Dom. And um, at this point, I would say that the Nuggets are, regardless of what narrative Michael Malone wants to put out there, the Nuggets are now the overwhelming favorites here. And I would say that um, they sh really would have no excuse from not getting two more wins out of the next, uh, out of potentially the next five games. Yeah, I don't know how they can expect anything else. Like they are the better team. I think we all, they've been the better team for the, entire season they've looked better than the lakers through the course of these playoffs they're up two games to none headed to uh to la uh, against a team that is uh heavily reliant on their role players who like the cliches go they'll role players who play better at home but their role players weren't bad i guess with the exception of d'angelo russell so it all comes down to it feels like the broken record that we keep hitting this same spot is it's going to come down to what ad and lebron can give them which is uh, I have less confidence in uh, going forward than what Jamal Murray and Jokic can provide. So this is going to come down to, and, and it, it feels like they're out of um, uh, maybe a, a keener basketball mind. The mind has an idea of other adjustments that can be made to make it to, to create advantages, but it doesn't seem like there's much left at this point. And I mean, uh, make better decisions. Playoffs. Yeah. That's like there's the, nothing new. There's the no new wrinkle. I mean, but that's the thing, like, if it feels like I know you're saying that the Nuggets are the better team and they they have been a, a, a like a complete team all year. Mm -hmm. And this Lakers team has really just been together since the All-Star break. 
um, in the trade deadline. And so they're trying to figure themselves out, um, you know, like as they go along. But when they look at the tape and they have their film, like the the real question is, will they learn from their their bad decisions? Because it, it like a lot of it came down to the Lakers just actively making bad decisions down the down the stretch, which then fed also. But I guess you know, that, into, I don't know. I feel like some of those bad decisions. Two games that they did. Yeah, some of those bad decisions were are connected to the fatigue and. So mm-hmm. I, I guess you can make better decisions like attack the basket more or um, have entry passes to AD. But if AD's too tired to to execute or LeBron is too tired to attack the basket, I guess you're going to be a lot more relying on Austin Reeves, which I, I don't think is a necessarily a bad thing because he seems to consistently make good decisions and and make clutch shots. So maybe yeah, that you is know, the wrinkle. AD did hit a three in the fourth quarter, but yeah. he twice had corner threes that he took and you know i don't know i mean he makes it's a good shot but the one time when they were trying to make the comeback i think they had gotten it to five and ad got the ball in the corner and austin reeves is standing wide open on the wing and i mean i'm not going to just look at one possession but like even there you know ad's best offensive play might have been to pass it he just didn't he didn't make offensive plays he just didn't make offensive plays when they needed him. And, you know, it wasn't a horrific performance. He, I think, worked hard on defense. Right. Um, he's had worse games this postseason. But if you're gonna if you're gonna win the Western Conference Finals and you're gonna win a road game in Denver, you're not gonna do it when those two guys, what did they finish? They finished LeBron was nine of nineteen. God, some of those were just easy bunnies. Uh, 84-15. So they're they're 13 Including of 34. Where he had that huge defensive steal at the end or they could have made a comeback and then missed another layup. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing the the nuggets did not cleanly finish this game. They had a couple of hellaciously bad turnovers. Um, Michael Porter jr. Has a total brain fart on an inbounds violation. (laughs) And then that turnover near the end where they just, I don't even, was it yo? Somebody threw the ball up in the air and just said, here, take the ball. Um, Not, not, not ideal. And and letting, um, allowing the Lakers just to get full head of steam on those inbound pass uh, after the free throws, the missed free throw and the made free throw seemed like the Lakers were able to score in three seconds and they were back fouling them. The, the, the Nuggets certainly didn't close out the game, no matter what their clutch stats say, they weren't clutch right. at the defensive end. That's true. But uh, they certainly were off, you know, the, the, they hit seven threes in the fourth quarter. The Lakers made eight for the game. So um that was also a fact three-point shooting favored them as well um all right well uh hey guys thanks for coming on late at night um thanks for uh being our guests in the hoop collective and um we'll be talking to you guys after every western conference finals game and then we'll uh fill in with our usual pods on some of the off days so um thank you to adi uh for our producing and we will talk to you guys uh in a couple of days put that in your pipe and smoke it And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV.
Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.